Okay, so welcome back to the second uh, Barnack Eaton podcast with Dr. James. You don't Hi. mind me calling you Dr. James, do you? Uh, excuse me? You don't mind me calling you Dr. James? It's fine with me. Okay, that's good. Right, that's good. Um, uh, and a lot's, ha- a lot's happened since uh, we were last sat around this table. Yes, we were just discussing that. Just a lot has happened. Yeah. Um, uh, congratulations. Thank you. On the birth of your second child. Yes, we have a nine-day-old son. So I'll be incredibly cranky today from sleep deprivation and too much coffee. I apologize in advance. Yeah, I've already had a bit of a taste of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh. um, so the, we decided that we were going to talk about, bas- oh, actually it ties in nicely because talking about sort of RS virus ah, okay. and flu season Great. and how to care for, or how to make sure well, how to care for very young children okay. at this time of year in terms of respirational issues okay i'm uh, woefully unprepared for this one i've done oh. no research so your listeners will be exposed to my dearth of actual knowledge <laughs> let me pause as well i google <laughs> while i google the answers well you're filling everybody with a ton of uh, <laughs> um but uh I, I, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's, I don't think there really is the, the absolute compendium for knowing how to care for young children or prevent young children from getting or contracting the RS virus. Plastic bubble. Yeah. The boy in the bubble. Yeah. John Travolta. Oh, God. For those of us of the same generation, <laughs> or at least my generation. I've seen the movie. It wasn't at the right time, though. No. Um... Yeah, it's a tricky one. Well, I mean, what is the RS virus to start with? Well, it's a virus that causes bronchiolitis. So the issue is bronchiolitis, Mm -hmm. um, and that's caused by a lot of different viruses, Mm -hmm. the most common of which is RS, respiratory syncytial virus. But several other viruses cause it. And this is the season, basically, from end of the fall to middle of the spring. Uh, Most cases usually occur in the middle of the winter, around February, and usually in kids under two mm-hmm. and it means inflammation of the bronchioles mm-hmm. and when you have the lungs if you think of it as like a tree branching out the smallest branches of that tree are the bronchioles yeah and that's where the actual oxygen is exchanged um with the blood vessels of the mm-hmm. of the lungs and mm-hmm. oxygen goes through the body so it's what we use to breathe and bronchiolitis is when those little bronchioles fill with gunk and inflammation and it makes it hard to get oxygen to the body Mm -hmm. which manifests itself as kids who are having difficulty breathing yeah so it's um it's not a big deal until it is it's worse for children who are immunocompromised and very young yeah um i know because there's a lot of there was a a lot i remember the year that stella was born she fortunately she was born in the april so by that point we were sort of past That's the, the tail end the t- yeah. yeah um but for a lot of kids i know who were born earlier or or later on in the year there was tons of um pamphlets materials from bbc and and board central and, and even commercials on television and radio about rs virus and about right. especially really like newborn babies you know it's like you cannot let these kids get infected by it because it can cause they can cause breathing issues for the rest of their life can you, you know, pass me that paper bag because you're giving me a panic attack oh, sorry right <laughs> we just hyperventilate <laughs> yeah it's a, the, the, the world's most hypochondriac <laughs> doctor everybody that's me <laughs> that's why i'm good at what i do 
the BVC is actually refusing to see our child in their offices and sending someone for a home visit tomorrow because the risk is so high for our child to be exposed. So that's quite common, though. First, I've heard of it, and it's incredible. Yeah. We don't have that where I come from. Yeah. It's that we got our first we got a home visit. It the is first amazing. Time. Yeah. You know, I mean, overall, we were talking just now about my our birth experience, and uh, for the most part, it was fantastic, and uh, we were very grateful for it. So this mm. remains, in my ex limited experience, the most amazing place to raise children. It's just incredible, as long as you load them up with vitamin D. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Have and have private health care. Right. That's another <laughs> podcast. We won't get into that. Oh, dear. So um, bronchiolitis, yeah, you know, the interesting thing is there's not a whole lot to do about it um, mm. until your child looks sick. And yeah. it can come with a fever. And when your kid looks like they're starting to work very hard to breathe, and yeah. that can be an increased respiratory effort yeah. or if they're making sounds when they breathe like queasy and things yeah, yeah or if yeah. they're starting to use what we call intercostal muscles you know normally we breathe in and out and it doesn't take a lot of muscles but like, <laughs> all the muscles between the ribs yeah. at the top of the base of the neck when the no nostrils flare those are signs that your child is working too hard to breathe okay. and the issue is they get dehydrated well, especially young babies, they're obligate nasal breathers, meaning they breathe through their nose. And if their nose is congested and they're not getting enough oxygen, they get weak and they don't want to eat. And then they get dehydrated and the vicious cycle continues. Wow. So the key thing is keeping them hydrated. Yeah. And that's what we see most of our patients with RS is. Yeah, yeah. So we had, hydration. A, um, we had a question from Lindsay. Okay. Um, she, I don't have her second name, it's just Lindsay. Um, and uh, she said, uh, what precautions can I take to prepare for having a premature baby at home this winter? I.e., should visitors stay away for a certain period? Or should close relatives have, have the flu shot? So let me understand that question. So, so this is someone who knows they're having a premature baby? Or have a premature baby. I okay. Presume. And not a home birth. You mean they're having, they have a premature at baby home. at home. What yeah. to do? Yeah. You know, it's this... You want to limit their exposure to germs, yeah. basically. And germs come through respiratory droplets and they come from contact. Yeah. So don't have a lot of visitors. Yeah. If you do have a lot of visitors, make sure they're in clean clothes. First of all, make sure they're not sick. Yeah, obviously. I wouldn't yeah. let anyone sick into that house. Yeah. And if they're healthy, then spritz them. We yeah. have like... 20,000 bottles of alcohol spray <laughs> so are in our house and people think I'm crazy which I am but they come in and it's like spritz not even allowed to touch anything and not just like a drop and okay I mean like drench the floor and do that happy birthday to me hand washing yeah, all yeah, sides yeah, yeah, fingernails yeah. go crazy let it dry up on your forearms because that's when you're going to be holding the baby um but mostly just limit visitors. Yeah. No one's sick. If they've been around kids, change their shirt. They should have a clean shirt. Yeah. Um, so there's no virus, living and virus on that's it. That's an interesting question as well. I mean, a lot of people who have slightly, like, for example, you've got an older son. Yeah. Have you kept him home from daycare? No, because okay. we would go insane. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the dilemma, isn't it? It's I a mean, huge it's, dilemma. I mean, like, uh, you, you have a, a newborn child. Uh, it's the the season of cold and flu viruses, yep. uh, not to mention stomach flu and everything else that's going around. Yep. 
do you keep them home from school no, or do you risk going? It's one of the greatest number one risk factors for the development of RS, mm -hmm. uh, along with the premature babies, uh, exposure to cigarette smoke. That's a big one. Yeah. If you smoke, stop or get, you know, do, kids exposed to smoke or leads to so many hazards, um, especially RS. Mm. But with a kid in daycare, what can you do? You know, we made it through the weekend. That was our big goal, get through the weekend. And it was hard. So I took him out as much as I could. And then when he comes home, we go wash hands and then we spritz him after. Because yeah. people think they wash their hands and it's fine. Well, you got to turn off the faucet. You've got to open the bathroom door again, and it's just as if you hadn't washed your hands. Okay, I think we should stop talking about germs. Well, that's the essence of the question, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you prevent kids from getting sick? Yeah. Limit their exposure to germs. Yeah. That's the answer. Young children. I Young. mean, when they're older, if when they're older, like for example, I my anxiety about Stella getting sick has kind of not as major as it used to be because she's older she's stronger and she's you absolutely know, able to fight off she's got a developed things. immune she's, system yeah, yeah, a exactly. newborn baby is yes. the perfect storm for a cat you know they're open to anything yeah. polio mumps measles yeah. everything yeah, yeah, yeah. so you really got to be careful mm -hmm. and avoid crowded areas yeah so we never take the kid on the bus we won't bring them into stores or yeah. shops or yeah. cafes nothing Everyone's different, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember having a birthday party and our really good friends had their three-week baby in the middle of a party with like 60 people crammed into our house. Kid was fine. God mm. bless him. It depends on your attitude yeah. and luck. Yeah. So you're asking for my attitude, which is going to be particularly paranoid and, um, uh, I don't know, informed. Yeah. Paranoid and informed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, I, I think that's a... So you would say, you know, limit the number of people. Yes, get people to have the flu shot if you if they can. Like, family, well, that's a like separate close issue. Family members, you know. That's you know, it's the flu shot is not. The, so now we're talking about influenza, a whole other thing, okay. right? And a nasty virus pandemic, what the Spanish flu in 1918 killed millions of people across the world. So the flu is no joke. Mm. Um, again, for young and old. It's yeah. the broad end of the spectrum yeah. that get yeah. hit the most. Yeah. And you can start getting a flu vaccine for kids once you're older than six months. It's no longer a, uh, a live... It's a dead vaccine. It's not the live attenuate-weakened vaccine, the intranasal one that's not been shown to be as effective. And they either use three strains, a trivalent vaccine, or four strains, a quadrivalent vaccine. Um, way too much information. <laughs> well, you should know what you're getting when yeah, you go yeah, and yeah, 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 pay yeah. for it. And in America, as a healthcare worker, you, you're obligated by law to work. You have to be vaccinated yeah. or you have to wear yeah. a mask for the entire flu season. Here, you don't have to be. Um, I'm presuming people must do it, though. No, not at all. When I did a random survey of people I work with, no, very few people, if anyone, was vaccinated against the flu. And if you get the flu, please don't go to work and just yeah. spread it around. No. So should everyone get the flu vaccine who comes into your house? No, they should just be healthy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. hopefully they're not coming in the incubation period before their symptoms start, but they're still contagious. Yeah, yeah. So just be fairly fascist about visitors. <laughs> if you really care, if you don't care, yeah. just let it happen yeah, and see yeah, what happens yeah. and hope yeah, for the no, best. But, right. you know, kids can get really sick. Yeah. 
I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And then with the shortage of space in Stockholm, you know, get your passport ready. Take care of your kid in Copenhagen. That's a whole nother podcast, which I'd love to get into. The shortage of spaces in the hospitals in Stockholm is just mind blowing to me. Okay. Yes. We did mention cranky, no sleep, too much coffee. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Um, But we did. We can delete. You can edit all this out. No, I'm going to keep it all in. So. Uh, yeah, there's a, I mean, there's also, I mean, a lot of other things that you can get at this time of year, not just RS virus and, you know, kids are notorious for getting ear infections and so and we, we just managed to, about four weeks ago, infect um, our grandparents, the grandparents with uh, possibly one of the worst flus that they've ever had. Oh yeah? <laughs> um, and. Uh, grand- You're visiting grandparents, you mean? So no, is it- like in Swedish grandparents. Ah, okay. And, uh, far more still can't hear really yeah <laughs> wow it was brutal you know we were talking about the viking viruses yeah, yeah I, t- I think i told you that my kid put my father into the hospital in new york <laughs> yeah. he's terrified of it he loves his grandson but he's terrified <laughs> put him into the hospital for four days swedish viruses they are no joke uh so um there's somebody one of the people on the uh the forum that we we have was asking about glue ear Glue ear? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Okay. I'm presuming it's some kind of ear infection. Okay. Is glue a Swedish word or you mean the sticky no, the stuff? Sti- the sticky stuff as in glue, glue ear. ear. Yeah. Um, no. I'm feeling pretty dumb. I could go to Dr. Google because I won't because it was just, like I said, it's going to result in glue ear results in death. I don't know what glue <laughs> ear, does that mean like they have a discharge coming yeah, out of I your ear? So. I think it's, I think it's a, an excessive amount of discharge that can cause permanent hearing damage Oof. Um, i don't know what glue ears in particular but i don't know what the swedish word for it is that's the only problem you know when you talk about ear infections you have two types you have an infection of the inner ear called an otitis media and an infection of the outer ear the canal yeah otitis externa and the canal is usually infected from people swimming and stuff and yeah. it's a bacteria called pseudomonas and then can hurt a lot like and a cause lot of pus. Doing a lot of that right. And all that kind of stuff. Not that big a deal unless it spreads, especially if you're a diabetic. It can become something called malignant otitis externa, and that can be really serious. Mm-hmm. So, if you have an older person who's a diabetic who gets an infection of the outer ear, that needs to be taken very seriously. And by that, I mean antibiotics. Yeah. Inner ear infection can cause pus and stuff to accumulate behind the eardrum. And if it gets really bad, it can rupture the eardrum and that pus comes out. I think that's, the, that's what yeah. we're talking about. Sometimes yeah. you'll go in and say, wake your kid up and there's blood and pus on the pillow. And you're like, <sighs> what happened? Well, their eardrum ruptured, which is not a big deal. It hurts. It causes a little scarring. Ears. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, you know, I don't know what glue ear is. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's fine. That I'm was, sorry. Wasn't a, no, it's okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, I just don't want it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a fan of either. Um, we were, I did want to touch on something before actually I should have started the podcast with this earlier, but it's okay to jump around. Um, we, last week we touched on, we had, had a very interesting conversation with friends at a birthday party um, and they were talking about their three-year-old checkup that they went to at the BBC with mm-hmm. their son. And they were doing all the usual kind of motor skills, developmental, you know, tests and things like that. And everything was fine. And then (laughs) they got sat down and the BBC nurse proceeded to ask them about their attitude towards alcohol in children. 
alcohol in children yeah. and children alcohol or in children around children okay like not in children around so how do they feel about you know having alcohol around children it's essential to um. survive with children don't you think <laughs> Personally, that's my view, but anyway, we're not condoning any. But right. this is something, you know, on a serious note, this is something that I have become more and more and more aware of, is that the Swedes are very conscientious about having alcohol around children. And such, there's so, there's conscientious about not having it. Yes, around. not having okay. alcohol around children. For example, we've been to birthday parties, and, you know, usually what I would do is I would offer the adults a little tipple of something nothing right. like strong or anything like that but something to celebrate the fact that it's birthday and you need it when you go to a child's birthday party let's face it yeah uh, but here it's like no i'm responsible for a child i'm not allowed to drink i will not have anything i'm you know they're very kind of um and there's a lot of campaigns at the moment public campaigns going on at the moment about like white christmases or vit yule which is alcohol free christmases you're hanging out you're with the wrong them. people <laughs> This Come on over to our it. house. I have never encountered that nor heard of it. I understand the principle of it. You want to be responsible around yeah. kids. Yeah. And yeah. Certainly breastfeeding. You don't want to be drinking excessively. Yeah. Or some people would say at all. Yeah. Um, I have not encountered that with my group of friends at all. The, the alcohol flows freely. <laughs> oh, and yes. the people I seem, the kids seem to be cared for. They are not partaking in the alcohol yeah. Yeah. at all. Uh, maybe someone will dip a pinky in wine and say, oh, do you want, because they're so curious. My yeah. kid is already, we have wine with dinner. And he's like, oh, I want wine. So we're like, here's apple juice wine. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes yeah. my grand, my father, who we call bad grandpa, put his pinky in some red wine and gave it to my kid. But I don't care about that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a matter of personal preference. Yeah. Personally, I believe that it's about, it's it's about, Allowing the kids to be curious, but to, to be responsible around it so that it doesn't create some kind of weird associations for them in terms of, you know, zero alcohol, it's a bad thing, it shouldn't be touched, it shouldn't be. Kind of, for me, leads to some kind of maybe future messed up relationship with alcohol, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, you know, this is completely my own yeah, this is a whole. This is this to me falls under the umbrella of absolute personal preference, and yeah. I would have absolutely no medical suggestions about this whatsoever. Well, the reason I was asking though was because is it talked? It, you know, at your work is it talked a lot about? You know, no. Do you come, do you find a, is there a lot of incidents of it in in at work? Kids coming in with incidents related to alcohol, or you know, we probably wouldn't know. Okay. I haven't seen any obvious intoxicated parents, and obviously if there was any concern, both here and in the States, we're obligated to report any suspicion yeah. of child abuse, yeah. Yeah. and it's always very high on the radar. Yeah. If there's anything at all concerning, we you know, walk that fine line between probing without uh, upsetting the parents, yeah. but the ultimate, we're responsible for the kids, yeah. so that's paramount. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's Christmas. And you're Scottish. God oh, bless yeah. you. I mean, I mean like, I've, Scotch. Yeah. yeah. Please. Yeah. Thank you and your people. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand times over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, so it's an interesting. I've, I've never encountered that. I know my experience, Swedes are really very stringent about driving uh, and alcohol yeah, yeah, and coming yeah. from America. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same, same with it's great. Same and it was new to me and still is. You know, Swedes won't drink the, some. 
late at night if they're driving the next day, yeah. which yeah. when I first encountered that was very surprising, but I really have learned to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Because cars, I've had at least three incidents already where we've been very close calls mm. with my kid, when my wife, when she was pregnant, and mm. with me on a bike. Mm. And I, they brought the New Yorker out me and every time. Yeah. My keys were out to cure the car. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think, I, I think there, I think I'm not saying that the attitude is over the top, or I'm, I'm certainly not surprising, but just very different, you know. And it's, it's a, it's something that, especially when we heard this, about this, when we had this conversation with our friends about them being kind of asked about this at a BBC checkup that to me suggested a sort of thing it's almost taken it to the next level or it may have been a screening question for them yeah it, it, may, yeah. it was probably was just a screening question to get an idea if it if it raised any red flags about alcohol use at home yeah that would be my guess without knowing yeah. more about it but it's, it's just, I, I don't think that that's <clears throat> ever talked about in the UK I don't think unless there's unless something has been there a red flag has been raised you yeah it's like what is hang on so I think it's interesting that they're going down that route. It is, it. yeah. But good, but positive, good. Positive, check. But it's not going to stop me from drinking alcohol at Christmas. That's one thing. Anyway. Um, yeah, but I just wanted to cover that off because we talked about it last week. Okay. Um, and uh, it was interesting, some of the responses that we got from people. Mm, yeah. It's good. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask about was uh, the question. Actually, um, this time of year, we had our first snowfall today. Yeah, woke, woke up, up to that. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. It makes a nice change. Almost wiped out up. on some black ice going to doggies, actually. Well, this is what I want to talk to you about. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a pretty easy question, I'm sure, to answer. But I think, you know, kids are out and about, and they like to be, they like to have the kids out and playing and, and running around and da-da-da-da-da. Um, but falls are going to happen. Heads are going to be bumped. Mm-hmm. Heads are, you know, all that kind of stuff. Breaks could happen. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Um, I've never had any experience with Stella hitting her head that hard or breaking something. Okay. But how do you know when it is serious enough to take them to the hospital? Oh, that's the million dollar question. And even in the hospital, the question is how do you know when it's serious enough to image them yeah. with a CAT scan? Exactly. So that's one of the most common things that we encounter at work and that I encounter from phone calls from friends yeah is the minor head injury yeah and that I give a lot of lectures on uh, and I'm trying to think of how to best summarize it uh, there's a lot of studies that have been done on kids mm. to determine when to image or not and by imaging I mean getting a cat scan yeah and it's very easy to scan everyone yeah um, but the problem is there's radiation yeah and uh, Radiation can possibly lead to cognitive impairment down the line, and it can lead to an increased incidence of uh, brain cancer. Yeah. So we don't image everyone. But that's very extreme, though, isn't it? It's it's very uncommon, mm. but it exists, and you don't want to be the one that it exists course, within, yeah, so absolutely. your child. But there's a lot of different studies. One is from the United States, one is from England, one is from Canada, and Scandinavia just did a major study about Scandinavian head injury rules. And the goal is to try to determine who needs imaging, who needs observation. Yeah. Um, the only study that's actually been validated, meaning it's been proved to be accurate, is the one from the United States called PECARN, P-E-C-A-R-N. 
and that was, I think, of about 42,000 children over a large variety of emergency departments who came in with minor head trauma. And minor head trauma meets certain classifications, and it's probably too detailed to go into now. But basically, if your kid hits their head, mm -hmm. things to look out for, for are loss of consciousness, yep. greater than five seconds, yep. something to be concerned about, um, repeated vomiting, Mm -hmm. So kids may vomit once at the scene or after, which is usually not too significant. Okay. But if they have repeated vomiting, mm -hmm. something to be concerned about. Altered mental status, meaning yeah. they're not themselves. They Confused. don't return. Yeah. yeah. Um, abnormal movements. Yeah. If they're seizing, mm -hmm. big mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're moving asymmetrically, okay. one side different than the other, yeah. any of those things, you go right to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the mechanism of injury. Yeah. How far did they fall? Yeah. Did they fall out of the bed onto a carpeted floor? Yeah. Did they fall from a height of a meter or two or three yeah. onto a stone floor? Yeah. All those things matter. Do they have a bump in their head? Mm -hmm. There's bruising they can get. Mm -hmm. And there's scores about where that bruising is. So a bruise on the front of the forehead is less associated with a skull fracture or traumatic brain injury. Bruise on other parts of the head has a higher association. Mm -hmm. I do remember being told by, uh, I think it was BBC, that if Stella fell from a height greater than herself um, onto a hard floor, a hard surface, um, then we should consider it as a, a, a minor head injury. That's That was what, I mean, I think that's, kind of maybe a bit overly cautious well so my considering any something in my as minor head injury is fine the trick is to find the needle in the haystack of minor head injury and all these studies are done on patients with minor head injury mm. to identify the ones that still have what's called clinically significant traumatic brain injury yeah and by that i mean either a fracture of the skull or a bruise of the brain or bleeding Swelling and, stuff. Yeah. and you can still have minor head injury and have clinically significant problems. And the key is to identify those. Right. So the BVC may be accurate in saying, well, they, she has minor head injury, but they don't go the next step and say, with that minor head injury, is she one of the children who still has a significant problem as a result? Yeah, yeah. And that's a very yeah. gray zone. Mm -hmm. And based on the criteria, we either observe kids for four to six hours mm -hmm. or we image them. Yeah. And it's not a clear, fast rule. It's based on parental preference. So yeah. we always talk with the parents and say, here are the exact risks of radiation exposure. Mm -hmm. Here's the risks if you have a young kid of sedating the kid so they don't move if we yeah. scan them. Yeah. Uh, here's the risks if we don't do any of that, you send your child home or yeah. we watch them. Yeah. So it's one of the most common things I see at work. Yeah. And um, there are still misses and we try to avoid them yeah but it's a real kids fall and hit their head all the time so know, it's a tricky it's really that's tough. why there's so many studies on it yeah 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 and i guess that's why people should wear helmets <laughs> I, it's like funny how my first kid i was i came home to my wife and i'm like i found a beautiful soft italian helmet oh my god and she said no way and i was serious with this kid, I am so much more relaxed. It's crazy. Um, but what about um, like breaking of bones? Yeah. Slipping on ice, 
falling, hurting like wrists, right. arms. You know, it's it's that is one of the that's what fills up hospitals at this time of year. Is is it's is, more in the summer actually. The oh, summer really? is fracture season. Yeah, not so much in the winter time. Oh wow, it's much I more didn't. in the summer because kids are out. They're running. They're active. There's more daylight. Okay, they're on bikes, right, okay, skateboards. Okay. So. Um, there's an institution I shall not name that sends us most of the fractures we see uh, in Stockholm. And whenever I see a kid with an open fracture or a bad fracture, I'm like, are they coming from that place? And the ambulance is like, yep. So <laughs> I will never send my kid there. <laughs> we shall leave it unnamed. <laughs> so what about, I mean, obviously seeing, having an open fracture. Emer medical emergency, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you, how do you, because this is how naive I am. How would you know if your child had a fractured wrist or a fractured, obviously. So the first thing is they complain of pain, right? Obviously. If they're old enough to tell you what's going on, you ask them questions and mm -hmm. have them point to where it hurts. Mm -hmm. The second thing is to press it. Well, I would say the second thing is to look at it. And if you see an obvious deformity, meaning it's bent and doesn't look right, yeah, yeah, yeah. something's going on. If it looks very swollen, it gets a little trickier. You can't tell. Yeah. You can be swollen from a sprain or a strain this is or a fracture. Was, yeah. So how do you know this? You can't tell. Press on it. And if it really hurt, you got to get it x-rayed. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. And then depending on what the x-ray shows, it's either gets splinted or reduced and then splinted. So... Uh -huh. Something that we do so much of at work is fracture reductions. Yeah. And kids heal. Their bones are pretty gumby, you know, mm, and they, mm, they can mm. tolerate a lot more distortion than adults can, and they still heal really well. So yeah. that's the good news. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, so They're we, very resilient. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah, kids are. Kids are great. They're really as, resilient. As much as this podcast is... <laughs> There's got to be something cheery in this, yeah, right? I mean, is this doom and gloom? this time. <laughs> How doom and it is winter and it's gray out again. There's no snow, all the snow's gone. Right, just black um, ice. Uh, we had a funny incident yesterday with our daughter. Mm -hmm. This is Stella. This is Stella. I feel like I'm getting to know your family. I know. Um, she's, a, she's a funny one. Anyway, uh, so we've all had a, kind of had colds and flus. No, we've not had the flu. We've had we've just had colds, all three of us. Um, and uh, I'm still sounding a little bit snuffly, but I'm absolutely fine. I promise. Just thinking, if you touch me today, I'm going to have to sterilize myself. Mm -hmm. Anyway. No, I'm I'm past the infectious You're past stage. It. Okay, yeah, great. I've got the I've got the power back. I've got the energy back. I've just oh. not got the the nose back. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, we had a funny incident yesterday. She often comes into our bed in the middle of the night just for because she likes to, yeah, go sleep. Uh, but yesterday she woke up vomiting. That's another podcast. Yeah, okay. And it was kind of as much of a surprise to her as it was to, to us, just as mm -hmm. you can imagine. Um, so she woke up and she vomited and then she was fine. And she then had a very, she then ate half, I can't believe I'm going to admit to this. Half a haggis? <laughs> no. That's she, why she vomited. Did no, you give her haggis for dinner? No. And then she ate half a cheese doodle that she found on the floor. Because okay. I think at this point she was so hungry. Floor, of your, floor of your home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But she vomited that back up. Okay. But then, after that, for the rest of the day, she was totally fine. No fever. Okay. No, um... Diarrhea. Yeah. No, uh, she was eating. She had, like, she, she, we just gave her plain food. She just had bread and pasta. 
but she was fine. And then she went to she had veiling and she went to bed. Okay. And she woke up today and she was absolutely fine. How old what? is she? Two and a half. Okay. What the hell was that about? No idea. Because we first, obviously, at first we were like, oh, she got a tummy bug. Here we go. You right. Know, time of year, all that kind of stuff. So you like can that. get a tummy bug. Usually it comes with diarrhea, but you can have isolated vomiting or diarrhea, but usually they come together. Yeah. They travel in pairs. Yeah. For the most part. And it's not usually just one time that you vomit. Right. You think about head injury always. Let oh, me no, rephrase that. Been, I do. Did she fall? And you no, know, she'd been lying in bed. That's with us. in the differential. <laughs> Weird stomach stuff. Surgical processes. Always in the differential. Do what you, is that? Listen, anything. Appendicitis. Twisting of the gut. All these things. Oh my god. Now listen. What, let me let me be very clear. When I say this, this is not what people should think about. This is what <laughs> I think about when I meet a patient. So right. my job is okay. to think about the worst possible thing. Rule it out. And send you home, and then kind of or deal down with the it. List yeah, of, yeah, right. Okay. So I'm going to think about the worst case scenarios. Yeah. So if a kid comes to me with vomiting, yeah, I'm thinking about acute surgical or infectious processes that need to be treated. Yeah. Then I'm thinking about less infectious processes, and then I'm thinking about who knows, but your kid looks fine. Come back if it gets worse. Yeah. In Sweden, in the yeah. U.S., I don't <laughs> say that because we deal with litigation. So I don't know what it was. Weird. Yeah. This is really weird. Is she had a really bad cold and she's swallowing a lot of mucus That's and nasal congestion? Maybe it sure, was. that can definitely irritate the lining of the stomach and result in a little like spit up and vomiting. If she just feels bad, if she hasn't eaten for a long time, if you've got viral crud and you don't feel good, you can vomit. I feel like vomiting half the day. Great. You know, who knows? <laughs> Am I fired? I'm fired after this. <laughs> It's been fun. It was fun. We made it through two podcasts. Yeah, two and done. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, because that's that kind of thought that crossed my mind. Anyway, she's at school today. Okay. <laughs> a doggies, right? Yeah. yeah. Because she was fine. And she yeah, didn't have what any, else? I mean, like, who knows what it is? She didn't have any fever. She didn't have any... Was like, it like a big, nasty projectile no, 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 vomit? No, 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 it was like a coughing. Like. <laughs> yeah, that, so then you have post-tussive emesis, which is when you vomit so... Um, when you cough so much... That you vomit afterwards. No, she wasn't. It was. It, this is so gross. I'm so sorry, everybody. So this is this is what we're here for. <laughs> I'll put a warning on this one. I think maybe saying this has got graphic content. This Listen isn't graphic. <laughs> Come on. This um, is nothing. But no, it was like she just kind of went. She kind of sort. She sort. She sat up, and I think she knew that she was gonna like be sick, or yeah. she felt she was gonna be. But it was more like a coughing. It wasn't like a. You know, like when you when yeah. you have got st- stomach flu or something and it's just yeah. really... Yeah, so sometimes coughing can trigger that too. You can irritate your throat. You can get a gag reflex. The mucus yeah, can trigger gagging it and it's not like actual gut-wrenching vomiting. Yeah, that's maybe what it was, yeah. So the only say, uh, thing I'll say about vomiting in young kids, if you notice bright green vomiting, bilious vomiting, that's something to be concerned about. Okay. To think about a blockage of the, of the, of the GI tract where that needs to be fixed. Great, because that's... I'm talking about younger kids. Younger. Two and a half? Yeah, a little little younger. We'll leave that aside. (laughs) We might have to talk about that afterwards. We'll leave that aside. I don't mean like pea soup. I'm talking talking about, you know, a kid who has eaten nothing bad and is having exorcist-style vomiting. Oh, okay. Exorcist was a movie in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah we know that's yeah, that we know what that one is. <laughs> um, okay, no, she no, it, it was pretty luminous, but it wasn't like. <clears throat> it sounds like it was nothing. Okay. And she's better now. 
and you'll see if she gets worse or not. Yeah, yeah. No calls yet from doggies, so no. that's a good sign. Yeah, and they were out playing in the snow the last time yeah. I saw her. So. There were like 50 kids and doggies today. I don't know what was going on. It was like, One must have been closed or something. You know, it's interesting. We it, Last year, it had snowed so much, they wouldn't let the kids play outside because the kids could drown in the snow. So something to be aware of when you go to doggies, if it's outside or if you take your kids out into the forest or out in the yard, if there's a lot of snow, be careful because if they trip and fall and they're too young to get themselves up, they can actually suffocate. Seriously? Hell yeah. Like kind of inhaling the, and it kind of yes, turns into Yes, if you felt, you know, do you ski? There are tree wells. You're familiar with tree wells mm -hmm, around the mm -hmm. trees where there's a lot of snow. You mm -hmm. can fall into those. If you can't get out, you can absolutely asphy asphyxiate. So be careful, even in your backyard, if there's a lot of snow and you have young kids, don't just think if they're, they're out there alone playing, they're fine. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you pay you, you get what you pay for with me i'm really sorry <laughs> anyway um so the last thing i wanted to we did say to people that we were going to ask they they could get in touch with us with any sort of general questions that they had about the swedish healthcare okay. system and uh, we did have one question that i'm going to answer i'm going to ask you because i'm going to see i'm going to actually because it's quite complicated oh god um no 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 you so you know about it I've, I've forwarded it on to you. Um, you have more faith in me than I have in myself. <laughs> so this is from Amy. Hi, Amy. Amy. And uh, she says, why are kids signed to a GP at Vard Central instead of a pediatrician at BUM or BUM? Which mm. never fails to amuse me that it's called BUM. I think it's BOOM, actually. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's BOOM. <laughs> BUM in my head. Um, so BUM stands for Barn and Ungdomers. Matog, yeah, clinic. clinic. Yeah. That's it. So she, and then she goes on to explain a little bit more. She says, why are the bums outside the normal course of kid healthcare? Question mark. They're like some hidden secret. My BBC never told me they existed. Doesn't it make sense to make a bum the board central for a child? The GP my child has been assigned to um, has, knows very little about child specific illnesses and symptoms or treatments. Um, Plus, someone used to dealing with adults could maybe lack the sensitivity of dealing with a child, child, child's fears. Sure. So that's a great question. And it goes to the structure of the Swedish healthcare system mm -hmm. uh, for children. Yeah. As I understand it, and I'm still trying to understand it, the hierarchy is, so there's BVC. Yeah. And that's... I believe so when you have a baby for the first week of life you go to the clinic where your child was delivered they care for your kid for yeah. that first week yeah. which is great after that uh, there's Bard Barn Vord Central the yep. BVC yep. Um, some of those are attached to a Vord Central some stand alone it depends separate, yeah. on the population uh, and the need and at the Barn Vord Central, I guess they're either staff, they're probably staffed by family practitioners or general practitioners mm -hmm. who theoretically are trained in the management of all kids. Yeah. Uh, and there's Vord Central. You may also be going to a Vord Central. And technically, Vord Central should take care of kids from zero to people from zero to 100. Yeah. A lot of them have their own criteria where they won't. I don't know if that's legal. But it's the way it is mm -hmm. because we see a lot of kids in the Vortsentral has referred them to us 
when they should actually have been going to BUM. Yeah. Well, no. Oh. Been cared for quite competently in a barn Ford Central. That's the general practitioner type place. And okay. some of it is luck of the draw, depending on the mm -hmm. uh, healthcare provider you meet there and their skill level and experience. Mm -hmm. Booms are what we know as pediatric clinics. So they're staffed by general pediatricians. Yeah. And that's probably what Amy would like to go to. And yeah. she can. Yeah. The booms are popping up all over Sweden. I think there's about, Stockholm, excuse me. I think there's about 35 of them now, and they're opening up all the time. Some of them are private, like mm -hmm. Stockholm Kids or Maria, mm -hmm. Martina, mm -hmm. Mamma Mia. Mia. And I think they have drop-in hours and open hours, and you can call and go see them. Yeah. So you can do that and take your yeah. own initiative. Yeah, we, we take Stella to one. She, yeah. she goes to And I'm a and huge now. advocate for advocating for yourself and for your children as patients. A lot, don't just rely on the system wherever you are, in whatever country, in whatever system. Mm -hmm. Advocate aggressively. Because yeah. no one's going to do that as well as you will for yeah. your child. Yeah. So you can go to a boom. Yeah. Um, and then the next level up from Boom is the Narakutin, mm -hmm. which is like a walk-in yep. urgent care. Mm -hmm. There's one of those in Stockholm, I believe, and that's right at Karolinska. And then the buck stops in the emergency department. Uh, There's also one at Lily uh, Holman's, I think. Maybe. Narakutin, I think so. Summer just for kids. Yes, that's true. That's I only true. know one of one that's just for kids, and oh, that's yeah. the one at Karolinska. The barn acute. Uh, and then you have the emergency department for kids, barn acute metogny, and there's three. There's Astrid Lingren, there's Hudinga, yeah. and there's Saxka, which is associated with Sotoshrefusid. Yeah. So you can go to a boom. Mm -hmm. and, and I would totally recommend them, by the way. I think oh, yeah? Fantastic. Yeah. Great. We, we had a... Because uh, <clears throat> Stella's had two... She's had really serious issues with skin conditions, dryness, um, eczema, all that kind of stuff. Um, and she's also had, um, ironically, she's also had some digestive issues, um, but uh, mostly with the skin. And we took her to Ward Central first and they were not very helpful. Okay. They just called it nappy rash. Right. Actually, it turned out to be a lot more serious than that. Uh, okay. So we were grateful that we went to, we, we decided that we were going to, because it was, it was simply a case of, I kept walking past this clinic in right. our local um, centrum and it was a B-U-M-M -M boom and I was like, what is this? Right. right. It's, it seems like we can just walk in whenever yeah. we want and to. Yeah, and a lot of places yeah. you can. And I forgot that there's a, what, another intermediate level, which is the specialty clinics. Mm -hmm. So neurology, neurosurgery, yeah. GI, and yeah. those are usually yeah. hospital-based and boom will refer you to a specialty clinic yeah. if you need that for yeah. your child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was much better than, than going to the, definitely going to the... Well, they're pediatricians, you yeah. know, that's what they do. So... I understand the question and the concern mm -hmm. um, and either f so next time maybe she can try going directly to a boom or call yeah. a woman and I think maybe what we'll do is attach to this um, clinic to this clinic, attached to this podcast uh, I will put a link of all the BUMs that I can find in Stockholm that would be great it's probably listed people, somewhere yeah, on the Lands Tigning yeah. page yeah. I would it think will everything be. It will be so um, people can get the local one because I think a lot of people are missing that link actually because people are like what the hell is BBC and BBC are like don't bring a sick child here you know well and they're like well what do we do with them so yeah what's the I should add the NARC the, the NARCUTIN will not 
see kids under six months, they'll refer them to the emergency department. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So I have one final question, and this is a personal question. Okay. Um. Actually, it's not really a personal question, but somebody personal, a personal friend of mine, asked me recently, and she was um. Uh, I don't know if I've asked you this already. Um, she's qualming whether or not she should get the rotavirus for her child. She's what? Qualming. Questioning. Ah. Uh. Whether or not to get the rotavirus I vaccine. thought they gave that as part of, isn't that they the first do, vaccine here that, that kids get but right you away? Can, I think you can opt out of it. Right. Because it's not uh, it's not like mumps or measles or, well, I don't You're know. You're touching on to, to the vaccinate know, or not vaccinate, know, which we brought up last time. It's a, it's a touchy question. Which I would talk question. about forever. We will do a podcast about vaccinations. Are we not allowed to discuss touchy questions on this podcast? Yeah, hell yeah. Co controversies, okay, no, right? Yes, yes. Okay, ask go. away, ask away. Uh, away. To get it or not, it's personal preference. You know, like anything, there's side effects. Um, I'm trying to remember there's what they... There's not that side effect, by the way. What? Nothing. <laughs> the only no side, side effect that I'm aware of from rotavirus is that there's an increased risk, I believe, of intussusception. Yes, that, yeah, that or in, is the, that's in right. shown, as they call it in Swedish. Uh, it's very small, but it can occur. Um, otherwise, you protect your kid against rotavirus, which is nasty. Yeah. So, and they may get a little poops right after yeah. for a little bit and a little stomach discomfort. But it's but you totally know, I'm a pro vaccinator. Doesn't mean I don't walk in and think, God, I hope my kid doesn't get Guillain-Barre from this. I hope, you know, all the all. Oh, what, I can't even forget. I'm so tired. What is the word? Altu it's not altruism. Autism. autism. I hope all that autism stuff isn't, you it's know, crap. doesn't happen. The studies certainly disprove it. Um, uh. So, but, I'm, you know, I'm exposed to the news. I think about things that influences me, but I'll still vaccinate my kids. Definitely. I'm just, for not, sure. I'm just not prepared to be responsible for making somebody else ill. <laughs> this is far as like, I mean, it's a really selfish way of putting it, but I just don't want to be responsible for... That's a selfless way of putting well, it, not yeah, a selfish I, way. I, I would hate to think that my child who didn't have... I don't know, the polio vaccine or the mumps vaccine or whatever, walked into her daycare and there was kids there who were immunosuppressed for some reason. Sure. And she brought in, she was a carrier for, yeah. you know, one of those awful, awful illnesses. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think it's just, uh, it's, you know, people are like, oh yeah, but whooping cough doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs> that's why there's you get, actually that's an outbreak you, of it now. Uh, well, pertussis, yeah, there's been an outbreak of pertussis in Stockholm. There's been some patients. Um, so if, and one of them went to an open daycare, three different open daycares. Brilliant. And then I think letters were sent out to those daycares and hopefully they track the kids down. Yeah. And kids are vaccinated against pertussis yeah. Um, yeah. at a certain age. Some, well, but if they're young, uh, they're not. And you've got, if you were exposed to anyone, uh, so a lot of the patients that we saw at work who were young and had symptoms, we were testing them. Yeah. Some were even being treated uh, empirically yeah. because there was a potential that they were exposed to pertussis. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I yeah. I just, but that time has passed. It's been a while ago, so. Yeah. I think it's, it's, you know, I don't think it is a responsible thing to do is to rely on herd immunization i just don't think it's personally there's a there's a what is that there's a, a town or a clinic 
there's an area south of Stockholm, right, where they kind of have a very holistic approach to raising children and they don't vaccinate their kids there. I forgot what yeah, it was weren't called. They, weren't, wasn't, weren't they shut down by the local authorities because they were, they were kind of like going... Well, there, were, there was recently a story about a clinic, I think, in Sodermom, possibly, that yes, was... Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. There's Sorry. an area yeah. s- south of the city where it's the community kind of has a different attitude towards how they raise their children and live their lives and mm. not being mm-hmm. vaccinated as mm-hmm. part of it. We mm-hmm. saw one of those kids at work who was very, very sick um, and because they weren't vaccinated. And, mm. So it's interesting. Everyone's got their own experience. But yeah, sure, if you expose... That's fine when you're around vaccinated kids. But if those kids get around young kids, it's different. Yeah. We have friends whose friends haven't vaccinated their kids, and it's all a matter of personal preference as long as they don't infect a very young baby. Yeah. So we'll stay away until our kid is, has more immune immunity. Yeah. But, is it, I mean, it doesn't herd immunity only just get us so far? Or is that a bit of a myth? What do you mean? Well, herd immunity only works. Well, herd immunity meaning everyone's vaccinated and protected, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can we achieve 100% vaccination? Probably not. I don't know. There's uh, always going to be a patient X, isn't there? Yeah, and there's people coming from places where vaccines are not so prevalent, yeah. introducing new diseases, Yeah. you know, so... Viruses. I mean, I could, talk about, I could really talk about this kind of stuff like for days. Oh, yeah. Because I'm, I am to a fellow hypochondriac, but I'm also, I, I, it just it really interests me, people's choices that they make about their healthcare and about what, what drives those choices, where do they, you know, I think it's really. It's, well, it's as long as they're informed choices, that's great. But, but if there's choices the of informed, that's the, that's the key, isn't it? You know, some, well, informed assumes a baseline level of intelligence and an ability to critically look at the evidence that exists out there and come to an informed decision, taking into account the risks and benefits of your actions. That's what I classify as informed, not like opening up fake news and I'm still gonna go there. reading some kind of, you know, I was so go there Trump the says <laughs> that uh, tetanus is a myth. How did 60 Great. million people in America Trump says tetanus Trump. is a myth, so <laughs> no more need to vaccinate against tetanus. <laughs> what's rabies? Forget. Just, that's, that's what's happening in the just world. Just stay away from dogs are, and you'll like, be fine. That is what's happening. Look you at know. what's happened in America. Like, you know, like women are having their birth control taken, ripped away from them because because a bunch of white old men are saying that birth control, you know, makes people more promiscuous. It's bollocks. The longer I stay here, the more remote my homeland seems to me and the slimmer my chances are of returning there. It's really interesting. It's very interesting being here. There's a staying in medicine when you work late. The longer you stay, the longer you stay because you end up doing more and more things. And it applies to my life in Sweden now. The longer I stay, the longer I stay. I think a lot of people would a lot of people would would associate with that. Or yeah, would, would, it gets better and that. better. You know, it's. I mean, even this fall was gorgeous. Yeah, November is yeah, the suicide month. Yeah. In my, it was so beautiful. Yeah, I, I could know. not believe I it. Know. Usually, I look forward to the thank. I go home for Thanksgiving yeah. back to New York, and 
this time, I mean, this was beautiful. Yeah. So we've locked out this time, definitely. For any Americans out there, happy Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy everybody. Thanksgiving. Um, so. uh, I, you know, I think you're right. I think a lot of people feel like that. I feel like that. I'm, I'm, I might be just surfing a, a I love Sweden wave at the moment. It's a remarkable of, place. Instead of. Uh, I need a few more friends though, so I may stalk <laughs> you a little bit. Okay. Just not those friends where you don't drink if your kids are. <laughs> yeah. We won't get along. <laughs> yeah. That won't work. No offense. Um, okay, well, I don't have any other questions. Is there anything else? That I don't have any other know? answers. Good. No, it's snowing again. Is it? It was. It stopped now, actually. Oh, okay. It looks very cold outside. I'm going to go home and shower. I'm so glad this is not in smell around because I need one badly. I apologize for trapping you in this small room with me. I really do. I actually can't. It's fine. You're it's okay. the cold. You're, yeah. You've been protected. That's true. That's true. It's my nose. Um, okay. Well, thank you for coming. My pleasure. It's been a, another. It's been another interesting chat. Interesting. It's been a chat. It's been. It's. This has been a. This has been a bit more intense than the last time. Was it? Well, no, well I'm grumpy. I mean, it's grumpy makes things intense. No, but it's yeah, but it's been more a kind of like um, it's been just serious. Hmm. Maybe. It's serious know. business. It's, serious it's healthcare. Business. It's the lives yeah. of children. Children. Nothing yeah. to joke about. Um. Uh, but yeah. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. Um, I hope that we'll do this again soon. Up to you. Um, Depends on if the listeners fire me. <laughs> Sure Which I wouldn't be surprised about. I'm sure they won't. If there oh, are any listeners, you, it's like we, talking into a vacuum. Can we share the picture that you sent me of you and um, I don't? I, what picture? You sent me a picture. Of what? Of you and your little new bo- new baby. Oh, the one I just texted you this morning. No, not this morning. Like days ago. Dude, I'll, you were I'll, so sleep deprived. It's not even. Let I, me let me like let me ago. vet it <laughs> and make sure it's okay. I think you might be in scrubs or just wearing. A scrub-like top. No, um, it wasn't me. No scrubs. But we'll, yeah, okay. sure. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Um, Put um, a face to the... It's always interesting, yeah. right? You're like, what is this? Who I is always this listen to people I've listened to on the radio forever. And I'm like, what do they look like? And then you see them and then you're really disappointed. I'm not disappointed, <laughs> but they never look like what I anticipated. You know? It's, you can't tell from people's voice. Um, so yeah, I think we should put a face to the name. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll be we'll be back again soon with another. Um, I think we should do one of the controversial topics. I think we What's should that? do. I don't know, maybe like vaccinations or something else that we keep coming back to. Okay. But sure. We'll have to think about it. I like controversy. Um, Otherwise, you just fall asleep. Yeah. And uh, no yeah. Howard Stern though. I don't know how to get ratings. If you know who he is. I don't is. really want to do any Harris Stern Yeah, okay, that's stuff. fine. That's good. good. Yeah, we're okay. We don't need to talk about the P word or do... Yeah, anyway, let's go. Let's not go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, thank you for listening as well, listeners. I'm sorry that uh, this has dragged on slightly. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving Bye. to everybody from America. Bye. Please listen to us. We're on iTunes and we're now available on Stitcher Radio as well. Um, download it, share it, love it. Goodbye.